Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard.com Senior Editor Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. Hi, Keith. How are you? I'm doing great. How was your weekend? Pretty good. Pretty uh, low-key. How about yourself? I went to RuPaul's DragCon. That is not low-key. Not low-key at all. (laughs) Yes, I uh, was at the convention center in downtown L.A., and I even moderated a panel uh, because they have lots. Not not only are there meet and greets with, you know, 90 drag queens and a million vendors selling everything from wigs and, you know, uh, artwork to everything in between, but Hmm. there's also panels like at normal conferences. Yes. And who was on your panel? Well, I had the Dance Divas of the 90s panel. Yes. With uh, Cece Peniston, Ultra Nate, Pepper Mache, and Christine W. And how were the ladies? They were all fabulous. I have no doubt. They were all lovely, and we had a nice long chat with some real talk and and eventually in the next, I I don't know when they're going to post it. It'll be posted probably in the next few weeks to like a month or two. They'll probably post it on YouTube. So oh, nice. I'll make sure to tweet it out once Let it gets Let the Pop Shop listeners live. know. Yeah. Teach the children. <laughs> um, well, anyway, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, drag, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Next time, we're going to start a drag podcast. Can yes. you imagine? Yeah, We have enough of a crew now. We have like an unofficial drag team. I know. It's not Billboard. just me now. There's like a whole like cavalcade of us. Well, today on the show, we've got news about, oh, Lordy, the first round of uh, performers for the Billboard Music Awards. I It could be all the performers. I'm not quite sure. There's and more at the end. Oh, so there's more coming. not quite the, uh, the end. Talking about the performers for the Billboard Music Awards, the uh, Fire Festival. Oh, boy. <laughs> and um, uh, news on Shania Twain and how she rocked uh, Stagecoach, and she also brought out a brand new song. In addition, we've got chart updates about Bruno Mars, Luis Fonsi, and Daddy Yankee, and which acts have earned top 40 hits on the Billboard Hot 100 in each of the last four decades. Plus, we have an interview with singer-slash-actress Haley Steinfeld. We caught up with her at the dance studio, more on that later, Hmm. for a fun chat about Pitch Perfect 3, At My Best with Machine Gun Kelly, and when we might expect her first full-length album. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. And I think it's time to run through three of the biggest headlines of the week over on Billboard.com. Yes. So first up... We have the first round of performers that have been announced for the 2017 Billboard Music Awards. And it is quite the list. Deep breath here. (sighs) Got a long one. Bruno Mars, Camila Cabello, Celine Dion, Drake, Ed Sheeran, Florida Georgia Line, Imagine Dragons, John Legend, Lord, and Nicki Minaj. Oh, just them. Just those people. Just everyone who's had a Hot 100 hit in the past, you know, five years. But, uh, or Celine Dion for the past, like, however many decades. But uh, there is an and more at the end of the announcement. So there's going to be even more performers announced in the coming weeks. Um, this likely marks Camila's first televised, very, very solo performance. She's definitely done her duets with Machine Gun Kelly, with Shawn Mendes. But we have not heard from her 
on her own yet. Now, how are we assuming this is a solo performance? Well, here's the deal. Machine Gun Kelly, who is, you know, part of her latest duet. Right. Not announced on the first round of performers mm. list. So we're just making assumptions. Assumptions. It's our show, but we don't know all the secrets. Yeah, Katie and I really don't know. We really I'm not just saying this for the podcast. <laughs> um, so we're hmm. hoping that we're going to get some new solo Camila music, but well, we'll have to wait also, until... May 21st. I was going to say, also say, uh, Drake, I don't think Drake has performed anywhere on TV since when? So he didn't do America. He definitely was at American Music Awards, he, he but didn't he didn't perform, perform there. Hmm. I don't know. It's been a while. And he, like, his video dancing is incredible. So I'd like to see some of that in person. What if it's like some huge, like, medley of, like, Hotline Bling and, like, who knows? From your mouth to... The Billboard God's ears. Yeah, the producers and Drake. <laughs> and Drake. <laughs> uh, shifting gears just a little bit, uh, let's talk about Fire Festival. Sure. <laughs> um, the ill-fated fest was set to kick off on Friday on a private island in the Bahamas, but as you've likely heard by now, things didn't quite go as planned. Uh, Major Laser, Migos, Blink-182, these are some of the scheduled headliners. The first sign of trouble came when Blink canceled their performance the night before the event's kickoff. Uh, and it turned out maybe everybody should have canceled their flights like right then and just called it all a day because it devolved into attendees who paid some some of them paid tens of thousands of dollars for VIP packages, uh, sharing a string of social media posts about the less than ideal conditions on the ground from a lack of food to disaster relief tents being billed as, quote unquote, luxury cabanas. Um, organizers have since apologized, organizers including Ja Rule, who was kind of the celebrity face of this whole thing, and they're offering refunds or tickets to the 2018 <laughs> festival. <laughs> sure, it'll totally happen. Oh, so the festival uh, has already been hit with a class action you lawsuit. don't say. <laughs> this morning, uh, Monday morning, for uh, $100 million. Uh, so we'll see if any ticket holders are lining up for next year's event. I... <laughs> I, did you even know that this festival existed until it all just went in tits up? I had heard the name. That's where it That's ends. That's yeah. And and as I we talked about last week, there was this uh, flashy Instagram video that kind of kicked the whole uh, promotion of the festival off with Bella Hadid and all these other kind of Instagram models and influencers. And it was, you know, these beautiful women on yachts, you know, going out to this private island, which was billed as like Pablo Escobar previously owned this island. And it was just this whole like, you know, song and dance that didn't actually sing or dance, we learned. It couldn't couldn't neither (laughs) sing nor dance. Oh. Uh, so maybe let's end on a brighter note. Though. Sure. Uh, just days after Shania Twain announced that a new album is on the way, her first in 15 years, the country superstar took the stage at Stagecoach Festival on Saturday night. This is, of course, uh, the country festival that is in the same uh, location as the Coachella Festival in Indio, California. And she celebrated her upcoming LP by debuting the album's first single, Life's About to Get Good. And it is, because the new Shania album is coming. <laughs> uh, and during her performance, Shania also shared the stage with Nick Jonas, who filled in for Billy Currington on the song Party for Two. And after the performance, he gushed, Shania Twain is the reason I'm in music today, so thank you for all the inspiration. Wow. And we here at Billboard know about this love fest, this mutual love fest, because he actually introduced Shania at our Billboard Women in That's Music right. event. That's right. So um, his love for Shania is... a. Uh, you know, shouted from the rooftops. Hmm. Possible couple alert. 
Uh, look on Keith's face. <laughs> I I don't know about that. That is off script. I just did that to throw uh, Keith off. <laughs> uh, I'm amazed the song isn't called like "Life's About to Get You Good." Oh, get you good. <laughs> or like "Life's About to," and then Impress in parentheses, you much? <laughs> in, in the, and then in parentheses, get good. Yeah. <laughs> like exclamation point. It is missing the jaunty Shania song titling. Yeah, she but, needs like uh, a parenthetical and about like another exclamation point. This is the first title, so we'll have to wait and see if any parentheses are in right. the mix for the full uh, track list. Well, uh, let's run the Billboard chart numbers and do the chart chat. Here are three of the biggest headlines on the charts. Number one, we've got a new number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart as Bruno Mars's That's What I Like takes over the top slot. Number two, Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee's Despacito jumps into the top five on the Hot 100. Could it make a charge for number one? Hmm. Hmm. And number three, quick, can you name the only acts to have earned a top 40 hit on the Hot 100 in every decade from the 1980s through the 2010s? Well, I'll tell you in just a moment. So, let's break these down individually. First up, Bruno Mars notches his lucky seventh number one on the Billboard Hot 100, as That's What I Like climbs three to one. He previously topped the chart with Uptown Funk, When I Was Your Man, Locked Out of Heaven, Grenade, Just the Way You Are, and as the featured artist on B.O.B.'s Nothing on You. He was also the featured artist technically on Uptown Funk, because it was Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. Um, That's What I Like rises to the top, thanks in part to a 13% gain in streaming points on the chart, owed to four new remixes of the song that were released during the tracking week. Katie. Yes? Did you know... That Bruno has now had a number one from each of his three full-length studio albums. I did not know that. Yeah. It's not often that you can, like, pull off that magic trick. Uh, Katy Perry has done that before Mm -hmm. with um, her uh, first... Is this her fourth album that's about to come out? Fifth. Woo. Really? Yeah. Ah. I think, I mean... Hey, hey we've got internet. Google. Um, well, Beyonce did it also with her first three studio albums. Okay. Um, and then Bruno has done it with his first three albums now. And um, Katie did it, I believe, with her first three albums as well. Well, I'm about to tell you whether that is all she Kate, had her so Katie's far. first three major label studio albums, because I know she had like a Christian yes. album or something a million years ago. Uh, yes, you are correct that there have been three. So this is going to be her fourth coming right. up. So um, Katie has achieved a number ones on all three of her major label studio albums. Uh, Beyonce did it with her first three albums as well, and Bruno has done it with his first three albums. I have to say the number seven surprised me. Like I, Bruno has been around and consistent and successful for so long, so it shouldn't. But like gun to my head, I would have had trouble coming up with all seven of his number one hits. Because you probably would have said something like, oh, Treasure was number one. You're right. like, no, nope, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. no. Um, well, anyway. Moving on, uh, number two, Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee's Despacito, featuring Justin Bieber, jumps nine to four on the Hot 100. The rise comes after the first full tracking week of activity following the release of the song's new remix featuring Bieber. Plus, uh, it certainly doesn't hurt that Fonsi and Daddy Yankee performed the song on April 27th at the 2017 Billboard Latin Music Awards, which was broadcast live on Telemundo. Uh, you know, the buzz around that probably helped generate a little bit of interest in the song. Of course. Bieber wasn't there, but, you know, it's all right. Um, you know, Katie, Bieber could possibly end up having two songs in the top ten next week. Hmm. Uh, you know why? 
Well, yes, I do. And it's because it's in the script. Um, well, <laughs> and because I read about it on Billboard.com. Yeah, it's not, and also you don't live in a cave. Um, <laughs> he's also featured on DJ Khaled's new single, I'm the One, which is poised for a big debut next week on the Hot 100. Just how high could it debut? Mm, stay tuned to Billboard.com, and we might tell you in the next few days. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, last week on the Hot 100, U2 scored a top 40 hit thanks to a somewhat unlikely pairing. The group's collaboration with Kendrick Lamar on his song XXX, or Triple X, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that, um, bowed at number 33. With that arrival, it made U2 just the fourth act to earn new top 40 hits in the 1980s, 1990s, 2000s, and 2010s. Katie, can you guess the other three acts? Well, you know, I edited the article about this. Full disclosure. Did I get all um, of them right? Are these, uh, <laughs> are these the four? Uh, I, I think I that any? our listeners would be uh, pretty, like, I think they're probably yelling right now while they're listening, Madonna and Michael Jackson. Bing, and bing, they bing. would be right. You got the queen and king of pop. But there is one outlier here. Yeah. So there's you two, Madonna and Michael. And Weird Al Yankovic. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, weirdly enough, Weird Al has only had a total of four top 40 hits, one for each decade. Eat It, his parody of Michael Jackson's Beat It, reached number 12 in 1984. Smells Like Nirvana, which was his take on Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit, reached number 35 in 1992. White and Nerdy which was his uh, spoof of T.I.'s Ride and Dirty. Chameleonaire. Chameleonaire. Oh, my God. I'm such an idiot. I'm so sorry, Chameleonaire. <laughs> um, hit number nine in 2006. And Word Crimes, his uh, take on Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines, peaked at number 39 in 2014. Boy, I'm a dummy for not knowing that Chameleonaire and T.I. thing. Well, you know, Chameleonaire is listening, obviously. He could be. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Cam. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> um, well, before we move on, over on the Billboard 200 album start this week, Kendrick Lamar locks up a second week with his damn album, and it could hold on for a third week at number one. Uh, speaking of next week's chart, where Kendrick will probably be number one again, it looks like the Gorillas' new Humans album is on course for the highest debut on the list, as it might arrive in the top five. But with how many units? Well, it's a bit early to forecast at this point, so... Stay tuned. It's the proverbial stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh. And now you should also stay tuned for our interview with Haley Steinfeld. Hey, look at that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I joined the singer slash actress at a dance studio in Hollywood where <laughs> she was promoting her partnership with Mission for their first line of women's athletic apparel by leading a dance workout with her longtime choreographer, Amy Allen. So, just a bunch of reporters dancing with Haley Steinfeld. So, this is the second time that we've sent Katie to a workout dancing. Thing. Yeah, I should make it. I should have a dancing with Katie segment. Ooh, <laughs> you can follow in Jason's, Jason's footsteps. Jason's footsteps, yes. Oh um, boy! And uh, I am just maybe as confident not. in my dance skills <laughs> as Jason is. Um, but uh, we got a chance to sit down before the inter- or before the workout this time. Unlike Chile, where I was sweating through my interview with TLC's Chile last year. Um, we chatted all about filming Pitch Perfect 3 and what her character Emily is up to now. Mm. Her feature on Machine Gun Kelly's At My Best, which is currently climbing Billboard's pop songs chart. Indeed. And when her first full-length album might be in the works. 
She even hinted at new music coming very soon, and it did indeed. Uh, I spoke with her uh, about a week and a half ago now, and on Friday, she released her new single, Most Girls. So you can hear her kind of cryptically talk about that one. She pulled the Shawn Mendes on us. Indeed. We have all these people talking in advance about these songs we now can hear. Hmm. So uh, please enjoy our interview with Haley Steinfeld. Hi, Haley, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you. Uh, Today we're at the dance studio because you're the new face of Mission's female athletic apparel, and we're going to be doing a private class with your choreographer. That's right. Um, So what made you want to team up with Mission in the first place? Well, I actually, I've been using Mission cooling towels. They've been like backstage of shows that I've played uh, for a while. I'm like... I'm as far back as I can remember, really. And I know that they're used by world-class athletes. <laughs> um, and I heard that they were making a, a, a workout apparel line, and I had to get involved, and I tried a couple pieces, and that's sort of where it got started. Yeah, we're, kind of, we're surrounded by some of them yes. right now. They're very lovely. Um, you know, what do you look for when you're picking out your workout clothes? Well, there's something about looking cute obviously and feeling good uh because you know when you work out and you're going hard and you don't necessarily feel cute uh it's nice to know that you do look great (laughs) uh so I there's something about workout clothes that I've always loved shopping for and love looking at them and 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 owning them uh and especially with this mission line there's so much uh there's I don't know if it's just me but I mean I wear I wear this stuff every day like I'll put this on with a pair of sweats it's not just gym clothes no it's not just gym clothes it's every day uh and and they have the cooling mechanism built in which is crazy and you don't necessarily know what that is or feels like until you wear it and until you feel it uh which until is until it's awesome. like an 80 degree day in LA exactly. like it is right now yes <laughs> exactly um I'm wondering when you're at the gym um if you have some favorite workout songs that you love listening to or maybe like current super favorite workout songs oh my goodness <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot I can, yeah you know it's so funny I I normally just shuffle it. I, 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 you know, I don't necessarily have a specific playlist. Um, do you have anything that you're... I mean, for me, I'm from Detroit, so Eminem's Lose Yourself is like my ultimate Word. workout. That's like a, for sure. <laughs> it's like a driving okay, beat. Of course, okay. That's like walking into the gym, throwing your stuff down, oh, getting on the... Up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel that. Um, uh, do you ever think about when you're making music, like, oh, this is, like, such a good beat to, like, hit the treadmill with? Or you know, anything? it's funny. Actually, I I recently was in uh, Atlanta making Pitch Perfect uh, 3. Mm-hmm. I was going to say 2. That was weird. Uh, it's 2 three. for you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, and I was on the treadmill. I had my, my earphones in, and, and the gym I was in was really cool. It was sort of overlooking downtown Atlanta. Nice. And uh, I was listening to these songs of, of other artists, and I was thinking – about about being on stage to this sort of song and and obviously the song would change and I would think about what it would look like performing this kind of song and as you're running and it's it's up tempo and your heart is racing and you're thinking about all these things I've definitely thought about like maybe not necessarily oh I could make the song for the treadmill but like <laughs> being on the treadmill and, and and listening to you know I guess I guess being in the mindset of of going to work and 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 being the best you can be there's something about listening to music and creating music that makes people feel that way too totally and um you mentioned pitch perfect three which just wrapped filming um the behind the scenes photos that you and your castmates shared looked like so much fun um what was it like reuniting with everybody on set it was awesome i mean we jumped right back into it as if there was no time that had passed in between uh 
crazy to think that years had gone by since the last one. But, um, I mean, for me, let alone with them in the first one, that's crazy. But, yeah, it was so awesome. I had the best time. I mean, those that's two of my, my worlds colliding in one space right there with the singing and the acting. And uh, I had a blast. I can't wait for people to see it. I think it'll be everything they want more. And you have some new additions to the cast this time around, too. We sure do. Yeah. We sure do. Yeah. There are quite a few, actually. Did yeah. I see Ruby Rose? You saw Ruby Rose, <laughs> for sure. Yes. Um, I know the movie doesn't come out till December, but are there any kind of tiny hints you can give fans maybe about what Emily's journey is oh, this time? Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. Well, I will tell you that Emily is, is – I didn't know this was possible, but she's even more optimistic than the last <laughs> movie and more positive and, and eager and willing to do whatever it is to do to make things work. Uh, she's very – very overexcited a lot of the times, which is great. I applaud it and I support it. <laughs> Any original music from Emily again this time around? There may be. Maybe. Maybe. She loves original music. <laughs> she loves some OG <laughs> stuff. Um, you also have At My Best with Machine Gun Kelly out now, um, which is currently climbing up Billboard's pop songs yes. chart. Um, what made you want to team up with MGK in the first place? So I actually am, am a fan of him, his music and, and his acting. Um, I didn't really put two and two together until I mean fairly recently it's been not you know a minute but um I I really admire his journey I think he's he's been on one that we've all sort of been able to see and and it's been crazy and to be a part of this next sort of chapter in his life uh with the album I'm I'm really honored I I love the song I think it's incredible and I feel like I've always wanted that sort of song um and when I heard it I was like man, maybe I won't do this and I'll sort of do my own version. And then I was like, I can't rap. I'm not going to do this. I'll be featured. <laughs> but um, I love him and I love the song and I'm, I'm really happy everyone's really responding to it. Awesome. So um, what are your next plans for music? You know, uh, Hayes came out in 2015. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Are you looking toward putting out your first full-length album maybe? Yeah, I'm definitely looking uh, into putting out a body of work soon, whether we call it an album or not. Uh, there's more music on the way. In fact, the next single is coming very, very, very Ooh. soon, uh, which I'm so excited about. Uh, and oddly enough, I think just this wasn't necessarily intentional, but with everything going on, the movie and and – this partnership and and everything else uh it's been happening sort of under wraps which is weird but it's all about to to come out and and everyone's gonna hear and see it very soon amazing when do you have time to record <laughs> when i sleep <laughs> in my sleep um yeah that's the crazy thing i i recorded so much down in atlanta every weekend every day i wasn't shooting i was in the studio uh and back in la i i sessions booked every day and you're performing at Wango Tango in yes, May. Um, have you already started planning your performance? I've started thinking about it. I haven't gotten that far yet. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super pumped. I, I performed. I went out last year on DNCE's set to perform Rock Bottom, uh, and that was amazing. The crowd was super hyped, and it was so great. And I got a little taste of it last year, and I'm excited to be going back and playing my own set this year. And finally, because you have so much free time, um, would you ever consider, like, a full-on tour tour, like, national tour world tour anything absolutely. like that I w absolutely that's that's the that's the goal for sure um a world tour is something i've i've dreamt of um and as crazy as it seems i i hope it becomes a reality soon amazing so thank you so much for your time and thanks for helping me get my workout in for the yes, day i appreciate it thanks Haley. <laughs> thank you most girls are smart and strong and beautiful most girls work hard go 
thank you so much to Haley Steinfeld for, you know, getting my workout in for the day <laughs> and for um, also being so fun and bubbly and sweet and uh, looking forward to all the new music from her. She's always been so nice to talk to. She's the best. She's And she's also, what, like 12? She's like two years old. <laughs> no. She's she, like 18, right? I think, no, I, well, that's a great question. I don't know off the top of my she head. She might still be a teenager. She might still be. She might be 20. She's but still very young. Very young and obviously super poised. I mean, she won an Oscar when she was like 14. So like, are we surprised? Or she was nominated or something. Yeah, yes, she was let's nominated try that again. Oscar. <laughs> She's I, like, I won an Oscar? <laughs> I won three. <laughs> right. Well, let's move on to the chart stat of the week. 20 years ago this week, Hypnotized by the Notorious B.I.G., reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 just a few weeks after he was shot and killed in March of that year. The rapper, whose real name was Christopher Wallace, made his Hot 100 debut a few years earlier when the double-sided single, hey, remember those? Hey. Uh, Juicy, Unbelievable, uh, debuted on the August 27, 1994 dated chart. It would eventually reach number 27 and mark the first of 16 chart hits for the rapper. 1997 turned out to be an incredibly successful year for Biggie's music on the charts, though sadly enough, he wasn't alive to see any of that success. After he died, he hit number two on the Hot 100 as the featured artist on Puff Daddy's Been Around the World, and got another number one with Mo Money, Mo Problems. And his posthumous album Life After Death, which contained both Hypnotize and Mo Money, would also become his first number one on the Billboard 200 chart. Uh, so there you have it. 20 years ago this week, the Notorious B.I.G. hit number one on the Hot 100 with Hypnotize. Biggie, 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 can't you see? <laughs> mm. Well, anyway, we should probably get the heck out of here. Do you have any, any parting words, Katie? Oh, man. Um, no parting words, but what, what should we go out on? Well, uh, we could do a biggie 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 song i mean i love big papa that's my favorite biggie song well let's do that okay see you guys next week bye